Arturo. Uh, so I've been watching Gargoyles again because of oh, Disney Plus. Oh, Gargoyles, dude, that show yeah. was fucking great. Yeah, because you know I was worried it wasn't going to hold up because you know I I haven't seen it since like how how young was it like. I'm not that far from age, like, from you, but it's like... No, like, I was, uh, I think I must have been around eight or nine. Yeah, and I know I was, like, yeah, and I was, like, maybe, I want to say, like, five or six, like, somewhere around there, somewhere to where I remember watching it, and I remember having a bunch of toys, but I don't, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, I don't remember context, you know? Yes, I um I know um that uh, there was a point in the series. Uh, what's the bad guy's name? The human who's trying to fucking capture the gargoyles. Well, what's his name oh. again? Uh, man, I don't even remember. Xanatos? Right now. Is it Xanatos yeah. or something like that? It's something like Xanadu, something like that. Uh. Right? Yeah, and like <laughs> at one point, he's he's like a Lex Luthor Jace. Yeah, um, and he becomes he bef- like because he's their enemy. So now these they had to team up for something at one point. I remember, and it was total drama because then he fell in love with the chick gargoyle. Remember, right. she's she's pretty hot too, actually. But uh, <laughs> but so it was drama because I think Goliath wanted in on that action. And I was like, yo, this is crazy right now, man. Like, <laughs> Gargoyles went deep, dude. Yeah. Uh, it was a good like, show. It was it was one of those shows where I was worried about how it would hold up. You know, because I was like, he's, like I said, I don't remember a lot of context. I remember loving it. But I was like, man, if I watch it now, am I going to like it? And yeah, dude, like, it's really dark. They, you, like, it's, it's very surprising, dude. You know what's really dark is fucking the X-Men show. Oh, yo, <laughs> dude! Like one, um, I was even on my, I was on my, um, on the Instagram feed, right? I was just scrolling uh-huh. and shit, and there was a dude who was just kind of like posting like little clips here and there of the show, and and we were like, damn, dude, this show is super progressive, like, um, and way ahead of its time. Like the first episode, there was um the episode where the Sentinels came at. And they were trying to capture Jubilee, right? So, right. So Jubilee was screaming at this dude, the head of this uh, Sentinel program, screaming, "Hey, why do you hate us? And uh, we didn't do anything to you. Like it wasn't my fault." And then uh, she was said, "Why do you hate us?" And he was like, "Because you were born." And I was like, "Holy shit! <laughs> that is some crazy shit!" And, and that and that was um, Saturday morning cartoons, right? Dude, yeah, that was like, Saturday morning cartoons, legit. That's. That's what's like kind of blowing my mind, you know, because like this is, you know, it, it ties back into a conversation we had uh, in a previous episode about like how ratings like have have shifted. And that know, was uh, like, yeah, that was in our last episode. Yeah, and it it's kind of like that where it's like, man, cartoons used to get away with so much, you yes. know. Before it's like maybe maybe it's because you know there weren't a lot of people paying attention to them back then, you know, and. And now you get that, of course, you know, when people make, like, darker cartoons, they they 
outright make them and then they have their fans, but it's like, yeah, exactly. you, you get something on like Adult Swim or you get something that's like, you know, oh, it's on Netflix. So it gets to do these darker things. But no, this was like, yeah, this was on like Fox Kids, you know, <laughs> at like seven Saturday, o'clock in the morning. Saturday morning cartoons, bro. Yeah. Eating fucking I, bacon and shit. Watching all this <laughs> drama unfolding before my eyes. Dude, and getting your bowl God of cereal. Damn, dude. Getting your bowl of cereal. Waking up at like five in the morning. You, you're watching, you're watching the tail end of like the, of the you know the the commercial before that what, what, what do they call it i always forget it uh, i'm blanking out of the name but it's like the the ad uh where it's just a 30 minute thing where they're trying to sell you something uh, oh the infomercials right yeah yeah, yeah. you know you, yeah, you watch speak- the t- yeah because they were like it was either either you would get dead air or you right. would get infomercials and, the, yeah. and you would get infomercials probably up until like the six o'clock hour yeah, yeah. So you know, you get up a little early. You'd watch like that last five minutes of that infomercial. Get the your Rob Popeil said yeah. it and forget it. <laughs> Rob Popeil, yeah, Ronco, right? It was Ronco. Yeah, yeah. It was and he always- would stuff like these whole fucking chickens into this roasting, like fucking <laughs> this standing roasting toaster machine. Yeah, and he dude. Just jammed the shit in there, and I'm like, and I'm like, I kind of don't want to eat this chicken. Yeah, um, it never, it never looked appetizing. It, None of this stuff looked good. It looked know? very raw a lot of times yeah but rompo peel man you know he, he he was hustling these fucking these chicken roasters these rotisseries oh it's good yeah time, man bro. it was you know it was the only way to you know to watch the cartoons because it's like if i didn't wake up to watch the tv then i wouldn't get the tv that morning you know <laughs> there would be times though where like you would wake up a little early, and you're like, "Fuck!" The infomercials are playing, and then you would go back to sleep for a little oh, bit and kind of and like be it. get done. that good sleep, you know? You get that good sleep, and then you wake up, and but you miss the fucking first cartoon. You're like, "Fuck, man!" I missed the first <laughs> was, cartoon. I'm gonna have done, to wait man. till next week to see what's up because it was no fucking internet back then, dude. I know it used to suck. If you missed one week, you were done. Like, you were you done. Were done. No, no, no! You would have to wait till Monday to go to school and be like, "Yo," and and, and catch up with your boys. Yeah, and, yeah. And find and out, like, yo, hey, did you see did, it? Did you watch? It's like, yo, did you watch the last episode of Recess? I fucking missed it, dude. Like, I totally passed out because then, I, you I, know, I, I had breakfast too early and I passed and out then- again. Summer, like, I remember summer reruns were a thing, and they used to be like, yo, I have to, it's like, you, I would remember the schedule, like, the airing of, like, the episodes, and I'd be like, okay, this one, the one I missed is coming up, so I gotta see it, you know? <laughs> oh, dude, but then, like, consoles kind of crushed Saturday mornings. Oh, dude, yeah, once I got a video game, like, it was done. It's like, yeah. oh, I, I can wake up whenever I want and just start playing games, what? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I could play games for an entire afternoon, evening, like, the next day, you know, like, it was done. It was done. Those were the best of times, man. It was a rep. It's best of times. I, I think it's more the fact that you know we had free time. <laughs> it was it's, carefree, you know. It yeah, was carefree, hundred percent carefree. All you had to worry about was fucking going to school. Absolutely. And, and and when that's your only worry, but is going to school, dude, you're fucking golden, <laughs> dude. Absolutely. And, and, and we thought back then it was like, oh my god, you got to go to school. This is the fucking worst thing ever. And then yeah, man. 30, 
30 years later. <laughs> 30 years later, we're sitting here talking about how, man, I wish I just, you know, I just like, worried about school. Fuck, yeah. exactly. I wish I worried about school. But uh, howdy, folks. Welcome to, uh, I believe this is episode 13 of uh, the official Corpse Feed podcast, The Morgue. Um, and with me is uh, the producer of this uh, vehicle, Mr. Nick Valdez of comicbook.com. Howdy, Tex. Howdy, everybody. And I am Arturo Padilla, uh, the guy behind the face. Um, and uh, today uh, we are going to talk about a bunch of movies. Um, I was mm-hmm. just reminded by Tex that uh, it's uh, going to be the end of a decade. Yeah, you know, that's why we're speaking about like 30 years later and it's like set. We're looking back because. I've been seeing stuff all online about, like, best of the decade, and it hit me the same way, where I'm like, man, it really has been, like, another 10 years. Yes, and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, 2020, yeah. legit, legit, Barbara Walters is a couple months away, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, facts though, facts though, like, 2020. So, so 2020 is, uh, is not too far around the corner and it's a good time to just kind of chit chat about what we've seen the last 10 years it's been a fucking heck of a decade yeah Um, a a lot of movies a lot of duds a lot of studs um but a very we got a very eclectic group of solid movies throughout the years um but um the way we're gonna just break it down is kind of um i guess by genre or uh, umbrella um, yeah because you know going year by year is a little tough no you know, that's, it's, we ain't got time for that right <laughs> yeah, we, got, yeah, we, we got no fucking time for and, that. and nobody wants to listen to that kind no. of conversation you know because um, then we'd be like oh this one was good and this one was good you know <laughs> no so like i did look of a um at several lists and several year by year lists of movies and i have a little list of just movies i want to talk about um and um it, we're going to start with the genre horror action a slash thriller, you can say, as well. Right. right? Um, and there's a bunch of movies. A bunch of movies. The, the first thing I want to talk about is what falls under this category. Mm-hmm. For instance, one good example of um, of this, while I was doing my research, I was like, is the Resident Evil franchise fall under this umbrella because we also talked about it uh, under the zombie umbrella right right because of the outbreak and whatnot and the virus yeah, and all that I, stuff i i would argue so because you know uh before you know horror action to I'm, I'm sure you're gonna get into this as well but it's like we've we've talked about it in the past how horror movies have incorporated more action you know to balance it out because the tone of horror has changed over this last decade it's more like you know, I guess, you know, the the same thing with, like, now we're all big superhero movies and, like, every, like everything's big and theatrical and action-y. And now the horror is as well. So I would argue that Resident Evil does fall under that, you know, also. Because it's more like Alice fighting these things. You know? Yes, exactly. And that's just one of, uh, of, uh, of a couple of franchises that... Uh, hit the decade with a um with a bunch of uh with a bunch of movies another one that uh is actually on this list of kind of favorites of the decade is the purge series right because right um in 2014 we got anarchy which was kind of set up the current 
uh, purge action. Um, uh, yeah, it, you know, it trope changed, that's going on right now. It changed the direction of the purge, you know, because before it was like, it, it purge was fine. Like it was the first one was fine, you know, because you had Ethan Hawke as an anchor, right? Yes. And home invasion movies are are fine, you know, but. That's anarchy, man. Like once they added like that little warriors esque tone, yeah, it was like oh, we absolutely. have to get from point A to point B and pass all these colorful kinds of killers. Like it was done. It's a wrap. So, um, uh, another one of these questions that I have is with, for instance, the movie Hush. Um, in twenty sixteen, Hush came out. You can call it slasher esque, mm-hmm. but you can also call it an action movie, home invasion. So, it does home invasion fall under this uh, thriller era? Um, uh, umbrella. I think it does, right? Yeah, because I would, I would say so. You know, it's more like I, I think any movie where the protagonist fights back, you know, and a lot of slashers are like that, but and that's not all horror. Of them. But yeah. if you think about it, that's horror, and that's mm-hmm. and that's the best part of horror. It's like we have this big pool mm-hmm. of just uh of movies to pick from, uh, and throughout the years. We have gotten some good ones. And in the beginning of the decade, for instance, we got one that we definitely still talk about to this day. Uh, Madam Wingard, you're next. Mm. We got that in 2011. And I know that brought up a bunch of questions and, and actually brought up this initial conversation to begin with. Um, Tex, you uh, recently saw The Apostle, right? Uh, yes on netflix um which brought about um a conversation that that we had about uh, action and horror once again right yes like um i want to say like simon barrett and adam wingard were a pretty great duo simon barrett was like the screenwriter for your next and the guest which is uh which i want to tie into this just so we can you know move the conversation yeah absolutely. but um this like I want to say, you know, your next was we talked about it when we talked about Black Christmas, where it's like, you know, it was an aggressive type of fighting back. Like instead of like it was, it was the fight to survive, but it was that little edge, that little extra edge of aggression. Fight that- to survive. <laughs> Kubotin. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that little it was that little extra little bit that like helped it like helped it grow. And, yeah, like, help help change the tone of horror movies in general, I want to say. Yeah, you're absolutely right cuz it had a tone of um of realism to it, it had a tone uh it was very brutal because yeah. it, be, it was very brutal because it was realistic. Right. Um and it was very primal in terms of the way the protagonist would fight back and you're like, holy shit, like this, like it would put you in the moment in the character's shoes. Right. And it would definitely fucking keep you on the edge of your seat. And your next um, is definitely one of those. The Guest is 100% one of those movies in in this decade that, um, in my opinion, has, um, is still underrated, um, uh, but a very cult movie, honestly, right? You, you yeah. can call it a cult movie now. I, I would I would argue so. Uh, it was the movie that introduced me to Dan Stevens. Yeah, same here. I, same here. Yeah, because I know he he was doing something before that, like he was doing TV or something. But now you know now he's like the Beast, and he's he was in Legion, and like he's in this Apostle movie, and he, you know he he like tapped into that like. 
it was the, the real like handsome guy, but like super creepy, like super intense. And, you know, and it was action-y. Like, that was a thing. Like, he was, like, the military guy who was using his his killer skills to kill, you know? Yeah, it was great. A quick side note. I was uh, searching for Dan Stevens stuff just now, and for some reason, I typed in Disney money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got but, that uh, Disney uh, money, It's dude. true, which is good for him, because... Uh, um, I as well was introduced to Dan Stevens from this movie, The Guest, and I think um, it, it was great because you get this character, which isn't really the Dan Stevens um, that we kind of know today, right? You, right. You can say um, if you didn't know Dan Stevens was European, right? Like you've yeah. been fooled, totally fooled. Um, what does got? Uh, what's his name again? Oh man, it's like I I want to say it's like David. Oh, David, David. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's David. Yes, and I think that movie, in terms of of just being overall um, atmospheric and in tone and in pace and in in music alone as well, um, just fucking awesome. And yeah, like it had like this, like this synth that like harkened back to like that new wave John, shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, like that, that dark John wave, Carpenter new wave, absolutely. Yeah. It's, and oh yeah, such, as I mentioned, the the people who uh, who created the music for that movie are the people who were brought on to do the music for uh, Stranger Things. Oh yeah, see yes. that's why that's um, why Stranger Things sounded so yes, good. Yes, exactly. But the action in. Um, you know what? It was funny. It's surprisingly good. Like, where did Adam Wingard learn film these these action sequences? You know what I mean? Know, like, like I, it, I don't it, know. It, he even from your next, like everything is filmed very precise, and you can see all the action. You can see all the um, all the maneuvers, and there's great foreshadowing going on um, weaved in throughout the stories to kind of help right. the action sequences, um, and like the. Uh, Where's the weapon coming from? And where's like the you know the quickest getaway at? Um, he it's surprisingly surprisingly good. Yeah, like in terms of action, he was it was good at weaving like it's this. You're right. It's this action filmmaking style, but it's still a horror thriller movie. Yes, like it, ne- absolutely. it never it never once loses that tone of being like super tense and super like, you know, oh man, but you you know, you're not it's fun, but you're not allowed to have the fun of the action movie. You know? Exactly. What I mean? you're, you're but not you know what they're though? They're going, "Yeah." <laughs> but you know what though? That's like I disagree with that because I think because you are still in the, you're under the, not still but because you are under this un- horror umbrella you have a kind of more freedom That's to kind true. of take the That's action t- to certain points where we do actually get moments of fuck yeah that just happened and uh, and you do kind of get the cheers for certain kills That's um, true so, and then once once you get like the the high school prom scene at the end like the climax yes, where it's like it's set exactly. like the halloween decorations exactly and- yeah. But again, like that also harkens back to our conversation about rating. So right. th- that kind of tone and that kind of like yeah moment and in horror, like where does that yeah moment come from? That was the conversation we had last time. Um, but in, again, Wingard in action, surprisingly fucking good. But this is kind of why we, for some reason, had that those high hopes for him with Blair Witch. And, yeah, um, and then he did that. Down. He he did that Death Note movie, which, which I haven't seen. But you said, but you say, just stay away from it completely. Yeah, because you do. Yeah, 
it's not even like the fact that it doesn't like adapt to like Death Note or whatever. Like I personally don't care about that stuff. Like we've talked about it before. If you're gonna do it, like why not try something? You know? Yeah. But the exactly. thing he tried was bad. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a waste of Willem Dafoe. Like Willem Dafoe's like the like the voice of like the Death God thing. Oh, and, okay. And it's such a waste. You, know, you how do you waste Willem Dafoe? You know, Willem Dafoe is like it's the same thing with Aquaman. You know how he shows up in Aquaman? You're like, what are you doing, Willem Dafoe? Yeah, he's- he was very awkward and <laughs> with his little man bun. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, we're not here to talk about the bad stuff. We're here no. to talk about the, the standouts of the decade. The good stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, so Wingard, I don't know. What have you done lately for me, my man? What's he uh, doing? Oh, he's doing the the uh, King Kong versus Godzilla thing, right? Yes, yes. That's his. That's the next big one. And that's the that that should be the make it or break it. Like, if Blair Witch wasn't, then what what is going to break it? You know, I, I don't understand. Like if he if he dropped the ball on Blair Witch and he still gets to do King Kong versus Godzilla, then what, what's going on? What's going on, Hollywood? What's uh, what's happening? <laughs> this one for sure will definitely fucking be the one to make or break him, though. Yeah. But anyways, enough about Wingard. Um, yeah, let's talk about the good movies. There man. was uh, one movie I'm not sure um, you've seen uh, back in 2011. Just so we kind of. Uh, chronologically go through the years uh, it'll be easier to conversation like that um called the kill list mm-hmm. um i highly recommend it um it's uh about a hitman who gets a call for one last hit um and he has to do it because of the ramifications of not you know of not doing it obviously um and it turns into a very cult-like movie there's a there's cult stuff in it and becomes into a cult stuff. And if I highly recommend kill this. So I'm going to drop little movies here and there of just recommendations like that from the past 10 years and and kill this for sure. Best uh, of the decade. Yeah, exactly. I highly recommend it. Like if I'm talking about it tonight, for sure, it's, it's definitely a worth. Yeah. If if you're, if you're putting the corpse feed stamp on it, then Uh, yes, 100%. Um, Moving on now. We get Cabin in the Woods yes. in the earlier part of the decades, which was – it was actually filmed probably before 2010, but we got it um, in 2013 because it was yeah. a whole mess of the release and, um, you know, the publishing rights and whatever the fucking movie studios yeah, talk that's, about. Yeah, that's why we had, like, skinny Chris Hemsworth after he was Thor. After you know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I saw it midnight. And I remember seeing it, I went with a buddy, and there was, like, three other dudes in there, and we were all just, like, you know, having a good time, but, man, what a, what a, su- like, surprise What movie? a surprise, yes. Yeah, yeah. what a surprise. Um, it was, uh, Joss Whedon was involved with that, right? Yes, yeah, it was Joss Whedon, and I, I, for- I always forget his name, but the gentleman who uh, ended up doing Daredevil, so, um. Okay, but, but Whedon didn't direct it, he wrote it, right? Yeah, yeah, it was it was like a, a writing, and then the other guy, the Daredevil guy, directed it. I believe. Okay, okay, yeah, it's but, uh, it's cool. I mean, you definitely get those tones of um, of you get that Whedon tone, you know? Yeah, that irreverent, like you know, oh, all this stuff is going on, but we're still gonna add, like have some jokes, you know? Yeah, it's great. It's just a parody. It's 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 a perfect parody of uh, of horror movies. Um, and then on top of that, it, 
it throws in the Cthulhu and old ones and Lovecraftian kind of uh, ending into it. Um, yeah, I I do love the twist that like the audience is the ultimate like the the old gods essentially. Yeah, exactly. Like we're demanding this blood, and we were. Like I am. Like I always do. Yeah, and and if we didn't get the blood, you know, the actual old gods would get pissed. You know, <laughs> so it was all it was all you know, it, pretty much a big old blood sacrifice. Yeah, and um, then you yeah. get you get a good Sigourney Weaver cameo. Oh yeah, that was classic. Yeah, that was great. Um, but that was great. Um, another one from that kind of year. Uh, from 2013 uh, would be the Evil Dead remake. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it falls under action because the the last half of the movie is all action. All the blood and gore and the fucking chainsaw and the, you know, raining blood. And it was just fucking fantastic. Um, we've spoken about this before. Um, I definitely don't think we have to cover it in depth again. But Evil Dead, for sure, in my opinion, is one of the best of the decade. Yeah, while you're here, I want to throw out "Don't Breathe" by him as well. Yes, Alvarez. Yeah, you know what? That that is on my list. Yep. Oh, nice. Uh, "Don't Breathe" was I forget the year, but uh, 2016. I know I'm jumping around. I'm like throwing your whole year thing. No, off, no. But. Listen, you know what though? I'm very organized though, which is <laughs> which is really great with this year shit. But "Don't but Breathe" it, it did come out in 2016. Yes, but while you know it. It has that weird twist at the end that I'm not going to throw out here, but it, it kind of derails it just a little bit. I don't know how you feel about it, Arturo. I didn't um, like it. I d- oh, man. It's tough, dude. Like, yeah, right? Everything was going right. Yeah. <laughs> until that point, you know? And, yeah. Um, I'm not going to spoil that, but it, like, I am going to say everything was going right up until he started kind of talking. Yeah, you know? it, it's like it, we've said this thousands of times where, you know, you get you get a monster, you get a thing and then you start explaining it or you start having like too much of like a personality or origin and it it just ruined it. <laughs> it, it ruined the thing, you know, but it it wasn't enough to derail the whole movie. Like I still like it. I still enjoy it, but it is weird. It is a weird thing. Yeah, um, it's um, there's rumors of a sequel. Uh, why? For what? I don't know. Apparently, uh, what's his face? Uh, Stephen Lang read the sequel or or read something or, or heard an idea, a pitch or something. Nah, and it, it was good. And I'm like, no, you don't know. And like, no, no. I'm good. Yeah, no. don't don't breathe again. I guess that's what you would call it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stop breathing. That little are you, why are you breathing? Of, it kind of got me good. You know, like I'm good. You know, yeah. Um, it, but it was still a solid movie all around. Yeah, honestly, exactly. It was a solid movie. Um, it was very well done in terms of how everything was pretty much keeping you in suspense, one hundred percent. Because this one character, this kid who kept fucking kind of dying, he was like a cat. He had like nine lives. He, he kept falling through fucking windows and shit and getting shot. And it was uh, it was cool because like the minute. They broke into that house, you know, your heart started racing because you knew, hey, listen, you know, there's a fucking blind guy over here that has some some kind of special skills. And as the audience, you know that already based on the trailer. So the minute they break into that house, your kind of heart starts racing and you're like, oh, shit, what are, they, what are these kids going to see? What are they going to do? Because the trailer did a very good job in kind of uh, keeping everything mum, you know, and, and, and hiding enough of the suspenseful um points of the movie 
to keep you uh, surprised when you did see it in theaters. Um, but yeah, Fede Alvarez, good, good job on that. I hope he, I hope he doesn't make a sequel. But I did, I did enjoy Don't Breathe. Besides the whole him talking, if you know what, I would have accepted that little crazy twist a little more if he, like, if he didn't talk. Because a dude who doesn't talk doesn't need to explain anything, and yeah. if, if he doesn't have to explain anything, then you know I'll. I'll I'll use my imagination what he needs it for. You know, yeah. I mean, like if, if the movie is shot well and paced well and sequenced well, um, the camera flow and the camera shot should show you like what he's going to use it for. You know, yeah. you, you can kind of get, oh, stirrups, he's getting hung up, you know. Uh, yeah, test don't, tube. yeah, don't breathe should have followed its own advice. You know, like yeah. just, just don't. And don't talk, actually. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so. We also got. Um, what do you think about World War Z? Do, do you okay. think um, it should be on this list of uh, you know awesome uh, movies maybe, of the decade? Maybe not awesome movies of the decade. Maybe like uh, it, it, we've talked about it in the zombie episode where it had some cool zombie ideas, and I want to give it credit for those zombie ideas, like the chattering teeth, you know, the 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 wave of zombies, like how it moved. But like, question. The question in terms of action. Yeah, no, exactly. Right? That's uh, I'm not gonna. That's the other thing. It's not. It's subpar in all those other areas. You know, I. Yeah, and Brad Pitt's kind of annoying. You know, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's being he's being you know like uh, you know seven years into bed, Brad Pitt. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also like I I would not put it up there, but I would give it credit for those zombie ideas like it did add some stuff to the genre okay but without the zombie ideas we're talking about action though right yeah ter- i know it, in terms of a- in terms of action in the movie yeah like, that's what i'm saying i would not put it up there i would definitely not i don't no, i didn't like the action in that movie no you didn't think the action sequences were pretty cool no. like they they kept you pretty pretty paced up with with the action especially no, in my, Israel my big my big issue was that it kept cutting away from like gore it, ah it, there this is was, true it didn't have gore in it and it's a zombie movie so it's like I get it like I get what they wanted to accomplish with that but the way it cuts out gore is annoying you know, oh. you get you get qu- you get quick camera shifts away from like such like the hand thing where it's like uh, I I remember somebody getting their hand chopped off and it's like a quick like camera shift. It's very yeah, noticeable. That was the the uh, the army chick. Yeah. Yes, the yeah. army woman. And yeah. I remember when it happens, it, it's just it's very noticeable each time it cuts away from gore. Was that rated R that movie? Or was it PG no, thirteen? It's PG thirteen, and it goes back to our conversation about PG thirteen horror, Ugh. where it's like you you it's a bad edit. It was always stuff that looked like it was a bad edit. Wasn't to, it just to, supposed to originally been rated R? Yes, and there was I, some kind of debacle. Yes. With the rating of that movie and the editing, right? Yes, and that's that's why I'm like, you know, I will give it credit for the zombie ideas for what it did. But in terms of action movies, I will definitely not put it up there. Definitely it, not. It's a shame, though, because um, there was rumors of, like, a director's cut running around there. We never really got that edit they always claimed to have been better. I yeah. guess it was always meant to be trash then. Yeah, right? I mean, and keep it. 
Like it's one of those things. Just keep right. it. I'm I'm good. You know, in terms of like we're talking about the good stuff and like just looking back on the decade, I remember it, it just more. sucks because the book is really good. Yeah, and, and and the book is pretty much like a war journal. Yeah, I bet like if if you would have gotten like a Netflix series, like I think they wanted to do like a World War Z TV show, and that would make a lot more sense. And that would have been better because it's like a dude, it's a journal of a guy who travels. And he just interviews people. And he interviews who, people, you know, he interviews, you know, ex-pilots and people who've been, in, you know, uh, terrorized by the zombies and all this shit. Yep. Which is, I guess, um, I don't even know what was, I don't even know what Brad Pitt's role was in that movie. Was exactly. He, was he, a, he wasn't a journalist, right? No, he was just like some guy, he was, he was literally a white savior, he was literally like the scientist who could save the world and figure out how to do the cure. And that's why, like, I will give, like I said, it goes back to what I said from the start. I give it credit for that stuff it adds to the genre. You know, it it's a zombie story specifically about finding the cure. And that, you know, that doesn't happen often. But in terms of, like, the rest of the movie, I just can't, I can't hold it up to the rest of the stuff we're talking about. You know would what I mean? You, would you have preferred it if it was a Jeff Goldblum a Jay's kind of Independence Day scenario. I mean, yeah, but then then it would fit the PG thirteen thing with you know Jeff I mean? Goldblum in it. Yeah, like horror action. Like the guy knows horror action, dude. So, the, you know. They should have put Jeff Goldblum in it. <laughs> I mean, it would have yeah, been a much different. It would have been a much different. Um, movie yeah, and anyways, much better. anyways, enough of this. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's like when you when you talk about the best stuff of the decade, it's like you put. In terms of horror action, you put World War Z and the guests in the same conversation. Would you? No, uh, obviously not. That's why I had a question mark. Next, so I didn't <laughs> want to talk about it. Well, let me let me posit one to you then. Let's shift it towards uh, a movie we can probably agree fits here. Um, Twenty sixteen. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Green Room. Jeremy Sullivan. Oh uh, no, of course. Yes. So, uh, Green Room. It's the from the director of. Uh, I believe he did. I want to say I always, I always get. It he did. Up. Um, uh, it's like Blue Ruin or something. Blue like Ruin, that. yeah, Blue Ruin. Yes. That was a really good movie too. Fuck, that was yeah. good. Um, it's uh, he has this way of telling story where it puts you in a very personal place with the character, and yes. in terms of uh, Green Room, um, it, when was when did Blue Ruin come out? Blue Ruin was uh. Blue Ruin was 2013. Because that shit was fucking... That was great, man. Yeah, fuck, that also fuck. can fit into this conversation yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, you know what, too? When did Murder Party come out? He he did this movie. His first movie... Murder, his, Murder Party was 2007. Okay, uh, yeah. okay. That was, okay. Yeah, so his first movie was also kind of... Um, it was... Uh, you can tell he, he had bigger ideas in the works. And with uh, with Blue Ruin and, um, and with Green Room... We get these characters that have kind of been put in a position where they have no way out and there is no hope. And right. in both of the movies, I'm definitely not giving anything away, but in both of the movies, you have characters that are on their last kind of straw and they have to figure out what they're going to do. And it's usually a lot of like, life-changing fucking sequences that happen very yes. intense violent close encounter um 
standoffs that happen in both movies um, and just crushing endings. Um, yeah, and it was yeah. it was a, a career best for Anton Yelkin, rest in peace. But he like he peaked. I want like Anton Yelkin did a few movies after that, but that's the one where I was like, "You did it! You nailed it! Like this was your this was your movie." Yeah, um, I think yeah, he was absolutely perfect for that. I think that was I think he was written for that role. He did Fright Night back in the day, you know, so he, he definitely had the chops. And we know um, from him doing Star Trek and all that stuff, he, he had the chops, especially when I first saw him in that, in that show Huff with Hank Azaria, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, where uh, um, Hank Azaria was like a psychologist or whatever, uh, a psychiatrist, I'm sorry. And uh, he, I knew he had talent. But in Green Room, you saw the culmination of all those years and all this talent. And then, you know, him passing away. This was his, like, Joker, you know, with Heath Ledger. Yeah. You know how they, they finally reached that point where, like, holy shit. You know, I crossed that thespian threshold where we made a breakthrough, you know, where it was, like, true acting. Um, and um, that was his, man. That was his. And it's a shame that uh, he, we don't have that anymore in this world. But he, Green Room left a good legacy, trust me. Yeah, it's one of those things legacy. where it's like, you know, uh, it's it's tragic, but also I'm very thankful we got that performance. Like, it's, it's definitely like a decade best, and it's definitely like, man, when I think about the movies I've seen over the last 10 years, like, Green Room always springs to mind. Like... Uh, I remember when I reviewed movies and stuff, it was one of the rare movies where I was like, no, like, this is straight up, like, uh, like a 9.8, 9. A 9.9. A fucking yeah. 10! It was straight up a 10. Like, I, I still find no fault with Green Room. Like, it's just the only, my only thing is, like, you gotta be ready, you know? You just gotta be ready. You gotta be ready. But, you, but you're never ready, man. You're never ready. You're, like, you're even never when ready. you think you are. Yeah, like, you're it's, not. You're not. Oh, man. Um, Such a- uh, yeah, you're not. Uh, one movie before we, we keep going down the timeline. Let's uh, go back uh, Go back a year to 2015. Uh, Deathgasm. I'm not sure if you uh, Deathgasm, have seen Deathgasm. It's also, that's also a really good one. Yes. And out of, out of nowhere, kind of surprise good. You know? Yeah, you see, didn't I make up for the World War Z shit, huh? You see? <laughs> I know because I was very, I you know you you kind of threw me for a loop. Kind of think I it had a it had a question mark on it, a text, right? <laughs> and 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 on top of the agenda, it said question mark equals conversation. <laughs> well, you know that's why. Uh, but like, uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know you have a hatred for World War Z. So that's why I, I want to talk about it. But um, but yeah, but Deathgasm, it's fucking. Deathgasm pretty much is what Corsi is all about. <laughs> it's fucking heavy metal. It's yeah. brutal horror. Um, it's awesome, like black comedy. It's uh, a very well timed comedy too. Um, the whole movie is fucking fun to watch. Um, it, I think it's on Amazon Prime for free um, at the moment. I believe so. Uh, check Netflix too. I think I saw it on Netflix. But you guys definitely gotta see Deathgasm. It's about this dude. Um, who who moves into a, a small town in Australia, right? And he moves into a, a brand new school. He's a he's a metalhead, and he finds his book in a garage sale or a record or something. And they um uh, they learn like this this piece of oh yeah he finds his music book right, and, and they learn this piece of music, and obviously like it's summoned shit, and um everything goes haywire. Demons get summoned. Um, heavy metal gets played. It's fucking great. Um, yeah. I highly recommend Deathgasm. It was it's a movie that's like 
original. You yes. know, it's such it's such like an original idea where it's one of those things that kind of clicks and you're like, why hasn't this been done before? Yeah, it's very it, ha- <laughs> it has that very Bill and Ted kind of early 90s, yeah. late 80s vibe that you're like, holy shit, this is like an adventure kind of action movie where there's monsters coming at you at all times. You got to like it's like a platform video game. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's nonstop. It keeps you nonstop and it has a great soundtrack. Um, highly recommend Deathgasm. Go watch that shit. Go find it. What else we got? Um, well, uh, so before we leave, like the 2016 era, I just want to give we have we have a bunch on 2016 that we can uh, talk about over here. Yeah, because I like uh, I want to give a shout out to Train to Busan, which yes. is we talked about in our zombie episode. Go listen to that, Corpse Fiends, and that. That one would be like in terms of like it's, instead of World War Z, that one is the uh, zombie action. That's definitely going to pop up on the zombie episode as well. But the action, it, like you, you cannot neg- uh, ignore the action in Train to Busan. So it has to go on this list as well. Yeah, it's, it's total fucking nonstop. It's it's crushing action where like it deals brutal blows to your heart. Um, all throughout the movie, just it, you know what the movie reminds me of a train car, uh, like it's Snowpiercer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of a train car. Wait a minute, what year did Snowpiercer come out? Uh, Snowpiercer is also one of those. Uh, it, it's in this decade. Snowpiercer was. Uh, I'm buying time. Uh, 2013. You see, so, <laughs> so Snowpiercer also. Uh, it's not. A, it's not a full on action movie. You can't really call it an action. No, Snowpiercer yeah. is like a, a comic book yeah. movie. Technically. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but like, but like Snowpiercer, Train to Busan, the way the movie feels it's like walking through different stages of a train car and each way it gets worse and worse and worse yeah um, it's a very yeah. like it's a very focused movie it's very yes. tight like even like the movie's like two something hours but you don't really feel you it you really one, don't you don't because it's like the the 15 like it's two hours and 15 minutes or something like that and like the 15 minutes is all the setup but it's like once you get on the train, that's it. Like it's a very condensed movie. It's very good. Uh, another one is uh, The Shallows, which uh, it was a very standout performance from Blake Lively. First of all, yeah, so. I think that's all she's gonna do in life. Uh, <laughs> you know what though? She's married to Ryan Reynolds, so it's like you know what else do you need? They're to They're expecting another kid, so congratulations to them. Yeah, you know? seriously. Um, but thank you for The Shallows, Miss Lively. You know you were very awesome in that. You fought a very awesome shark. Um, it, it was, uh, it landed on this list because I just thought the, the, the way that they did action on the seas in this movie was very grounded per se, you know? Yeah. Uh, because she wasn't on a boat, you know what? She didn't have like a harpoon and anything like that to kind of, uh, defend her. It was just her hanging out on this buoy. Yeah. It was, it was her versus like the forces of nature. And then you have a shark on top of all of that stuff. And it, it's a monster movie on top of, like, facing nature. And you, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Crawl that you were talking about, where yes. it's, like, it's already intense because it's the nature. But then you add crocodiles and alligators to it, and there you go. That just amps it up that extra level. Crawl also on this list. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, I did. <laughs> Good. In my opinion, um, because just of... Of exactly what we just spoke about with Train to Busan and with uh, 
um, what movie we just spoke about just now? The, um, the Shallows. Yeah. yeah, and with The Shallows, like the action just kind of bubbles up, bubbles up, bubbles up to a point. It boils up to a point where there's just a good payoff. And uh, with all those movies that we just mentioned, Busan, um, The Shallows, um, The Crawl movie, um, the climax is definitely worth the journey that the movie puts you through. And that's exactly what a good action movie is all about. It puts you through this fucking rigorous, emotional, you know, thrilling, suspenseful journey. Um, and you're hoping to be, you know, alive at the end of it. And you're hoping to have a good payoff at the end of it. And that's kind of, that's the thing with action horror, in my opinion, too. You kind of always want to have that good ending, you know? Um, right. I always say that I like my horrors bleak. Um, uh, I do like my horror movies bleak. But when you incorporate some of the stuff, like, for, for instance, like Death Gaps and, and, and in Green Room, and, and you have movies like this that um, endear you to these characters, you want to have a fucking good ending. You know, you yeah, want these guys to fucking at least be breathing at the end of the movie, no matter, you know, how many uh, fucking ligaments they lost, you know? Yeah. Cause in, in these horror action movies, they're fighting so hard and because it's horror, like you said, they get so much more room to play with it. So it's like, you know, they get, the damage is much harsher in action horror movies than it is in like action movies. So it's like you, it's that little bit extra, like that little bit extra kick where it's like, oh man, they lost an arm. That makes you go, man, I really want them to survive. Yeah, exactly. Because you, because you're like, it's like I say, you know, you gotta, you pay gotta a toll. go through it. Yeah, you, you gotta suffer. You yeah. gotta pay a toll. You have to give blood in order to survive. There is no other way. If you do not give blood in order, like if you don't give blood in a horror movie, like you're not gonna survive. You're not. Yep. You're not. Um, that's, that's that's part of why like the the final girl has been such a thing in slasher movies. You know, because yes. they. Uh, and the best ones always put them through some major shit. And then there you go. And then they come out successful on the other side. Yes, I agree 100%. And that is what makes good a good thriller, you know? Yeah, and uh, moving moving through the list some more, speaking of Final Girl, you have the ultimate twist on it in 2017 with Happy Death Day. Oh, dude, so, Happy Death Day is such a fun flick, man. Yeah, that one, it's definitely best of the decade because, you know, uh, she, I, I like how, and especially in the sequel, it comes across more, and we've talked about this, where, yes. you know, she, she starts just aiming for it, you know, and the second sequel, it kind of expands on it where she's just like killing herself in all these wild ways just because she can, but, it's it, you know then you get the time travel twist and you know and then it's her fighting for these things and it's good it's just a fun little concise yeah i movie. like i before i saw it i was talking trash about it because i was like oh this shit looks stupid um it's like groundhog day blah 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 all that bullshit but then i saw it and i was like oh shit it is like Groundhog Day, but it's fun. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I like, I like Groundhog Day. So, um, <laughs> but um, they did it well. I I was afraid that it would um, get boring, you know. But right. they did a good job of of keeping everything original. And then every time she would come back, she would get like a different piece of the story, and you would have to kind of play um, a who done it with the story and start piecing everything together along with her as she pieces uh, the puzzle together. And it, it's fun. It's fun. Um, and it's cool. Cause those movies 
are like a breath of fresh air. You know, you don't always need all this hardcore violence to kind of yeah you know have your horror kick you know you can have a, this movie where it has some pretty good kills there's not a lot of gore in it but it has some kills in it um it's edited in a way where you don't get all that in your face um brutality but you know there's kills happening and as long as you have a decent story it's like i say you know if the story's good then the story's good you know um but uh, as we move along with um with happy death day and death day 2 what do you think of um of get out as being on this list uh so i guess maybe for that climax in it's terms a horror of, action movie in terms know? of um uh the thriller aspect it, it's more it's more thriller than action thriller psychological you know. right yeah psychological social Psych- thriller. psychological all right so we will we won't even talk about it but uh, uh I, I see another one on here that's along the same lines as yeah. Get Out, like the same like kind of social message, but it fits more with the horror action. Uh, in 2018, uh, the first Purge. Um, I, I'm I'm happy you said that because this one out of all th- this is the fourth Purge movie that they've released, and they went back to the beginning and explained how everything got into it and all that bullshit, but it was really well done. Yeah, uh, like it was really well it done. was it was the fourth movie and the best one, which is surprising, right? Like to to get the best one four movies in. But, but you know why though? Because it's because they kind of were like, "Fuck it," you know what I mean? <laughs> we yeah, we got our jollies off already with all these other fucking movies. Let's just kind of do the story we want to do right now. Yeah, um, and we don't have they, to they, give them all that other. They books. finally like they finally dug deep into that social messaging that they've been pushing since like the since like the first two. one. Or, or no, since the first one. Yeah, that's true because the first one, yeah, the guy got yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because you know Ethan Hawke was a well-off like they were they were like a he, an upper class like white family. Yeah, cuz he was the head of the security. And the person they were chasing was a lower class like, black man. And you know, finally, in the fourth one, they were like, "Well, let's focus on this like this poor black neighborhood." Didn't that is- guy turn out to be like one of the friends of the guy from Part Four or something like that? Yeah, I, I think that's how they they tied it all together. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, like the first Purge was just all action. And it, it, it was still like the horror movie because it's Purge, but it, it was grounded horror because it's kind of real life horror too, where it's like, that's the one where it felt the most real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, where it's like, you could feasibly see people, you know, cause they, I think it was offering, I think in the plot, they offered them like five grand or a thousand. It was a, a an amount to participate in this. Yes. And then, um, then you see people like doing the things you'd expect, like committing crimes, like, like stealing and then partying, you know? Yeah. So and, like the whole, the whole thing was like, um, who would commit the first crime? Right. Yeah. And there's this guy who was, who was about to take money from the <laughs> ATM. Yeah. Right. And they're like, Oh, this is the first crime of the purge. And the government obviously wanted them to kill instead of just yeah. like steal money. It's like, no, people want money. You know? Yeah, what? Cause <laughs> it was, it was the whole thing where it's like, Oh, these, Oh, these black people are definitely going to kill each other. You know? And yeah. They that, chose that's... Staten Island. They chose like a low income uh, neighborhood 
uh, surrounded yeah. with uh, project housing and uh, um, and with certain uh, racial demographics, right? And so they were like, yeah. oh, these guys are going to kill each other. It's going to be fucking um, – it's going to be great for the population and this is how we do population control and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then they're like, no, we don't want to – you know, we just want to have parties and fucking steal TVs and money. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to kill anyone and it's- that's that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so socially conscious like because the actual killers are plants and they're – they're police, they're clan members, they're Dude, like, exactly. Uh, it's so good. Like it that's also like it's like green room where I'm like, man, definitely one of the best of the decade. You know? We've always said too, like, hey, why isn't anybody stealing money during the purge, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck it, man, because tomorrow you're gonna have that motherfucking money, all right? <laughs> Abs- absolutely. Um uh, so yeah, so as we head into the twenty eighteen uh, with the first purge introducing us to that year, we're almost wrapping up the year. We got a couple here in the last two years that have just been um, pretty fucking great in terms yeah. of uh, in terms of action. Um, I want to recommend if you have not seen Mandy. It that movie is an artistic action fucking horror romp uh the minute you get into the actual conflict you'll fucking be going a hundred fucking miles an hour until the very the very end of the movie mandy definitely with uh uh one of our uh, favorites here uh in corpse feed mr nicholas cage absolutely i, I love I, I love me some nick cage it's definitely like he taps into something great in that movie. Like it's it's that manic Nick Cage that we all love, but it's like to like a a, it, a new degree. It's a know? controlled beast. Yeah, of a Nick Cage. Like imagine, um, just imagine like the ferociousness of his Con Air action uh, character with like the craziness of his drunken leaving Las Vegas character and yeah, spri- and, and sprinkle, sprinkle that in, in yeah with, with fucking like, what what has he done that's totally it, act- sprinkle oh, it with, in with with drive angry right yes yes that's the one I was gonna say I was like sprinkle it in with the cheesy like drive angry performance yeah sprinkle then- it with drive angry and ghostwriter yeah. right <laughs> and then you got Mandy the visuals help I uh, I initially thought it was gonna be some our house mumbo jumbo but nicholas cage being in it it kept me kind of curious and i'm glad i saw mandy um and uh i highly recommend mandy don't be afraid of it um you might get lost within it it's okay all right it's okay if you do just enjoy the visuals yeah Um, because that's the other thing even if you are there's at least like visual stuff to anchor you in exactly the visuals will kind of keep you on track as to where to focus um, so that's a, the good job they do there because there's so much craziness, especially in this one sequence where there's these crazy fucking bikers and like he has to get away from them and just a lot of ins- insanity happens and you don't think you can see a lot of stuff going on, but um, the visuals and the director and cinematographer find a way to kind of show you everything, even in these dark kind of red hues and just it's craziness just go out there go enjoy mandy that was from 2018 uh we're wrapping up the year like i mentioned that we have a couple more here i think tex yeah wrapping up the decade with some with Let's some see. pretty good horror action movies uh i saw you put ready or not as a 2019 uh, yes nominee yes uh, we'll get into 2019 in a bit 
Oh well, uh, twenty eighteen. Uh, I just I do want to ho- uh, highlight the new Halloween. Yes, we have a whole we have a whole Halloween episode that uh, the feeds at home should listen to. But um, it you know it does incorporate the good horror action because of that final that third act inside of inside of Laurie Strode's home. Oh, dude, that whole sequence is perfect. Yes, it's, um, it's like you created an awesome video game. Yeah, it's it's slasher movie action, but like given just a little bit of a bump. Like we just uh, it, it. I think my favorite part is you know the mannequin room. Oh my like, god! Yeah, what, where, oh, dude, where <laughs> you think he's behind the thing, but he's actually not standing behind any of the mannequins at all. And it's it's one of those it's one of those sequences that like managed to managed to flip my expectation even more than I expected it to. You know? Yeah, I think that gave me a legit scare. Like, yeah, the yeah. Because, like you said, you expect them to be, like, be high with the mannequins, but he's really in place of one of them or something. He's just, yeah, he kind he's of, like, just, he's or standing. No, I think he's in the corner. Yeah, he's I standing think. in between two of them, but there's darkness in between two of them. Yeah. And then he just walks in. It, like into this like a little bit of moonlight that comes in and you just see that him you're like what the fuck where the hell did he come from yeah and uh, then there's that really good scene where he's kind of just going through a series of houses from right we talked about this in the main the main episode where we mentioned Halloween, but it's like from getting from point a to b yeah then all we see is through the window and yeah it's where so- he levels up his weapons right <laughs> 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 he goes from hammer to knife right yeah, and he just we just see him go th- like we're just watching through the window as he walks in and does his thing and like that's good action sequencing. It really you know, like, is. And like it really is I think it's it's as close to like one tracking shot I think as you can get. If I remember there's not there's not many edits in that sequence where he's walking down the street, um he walks past the trick or treaters, um the camera follows him to the backyard and he gathers uh that the weapon in the shed he goes inside uses the weapon he grabs the knife yeah that's like i think well one big tracking shot it was pretty fucking awesome to see um and, and again it's like we mentioned before a good thriller a good action movie puts you as close as possible to the action mm-hmm. uh it puts you as close as possible to being um in the same environment and giving you the same kind of creeps that the protagonist is getting and that's one of those movies and again in green room is another one of those movies it gives you that sense of panic especially green room um it'll give you a sense of panic it'll give you um a sense of like holy shit like of just direness some hopelessness and that's what a good thriller good action thriller does man um, especially when they're able to like weave good action into it. Um, mm-hmm. for instance, um, there's this movie called The Headhunter, uh, that that I saw this year that I really recommend. It's about like 80 minutes long. It's pretty much the story of this monster hunter. Um, the, his daughter gets killed, and his daughter gets killed by a monster. So he pretty much is now living in the in the wild hunting down monsters and getting like like warrants and bounties for these monsters and it's a good movie in terms of like close-up like action shots and close-up barbarian kind of stuff um it's a guy hunting monsters that's i can't get any more specific than that (laughs) but uh i highly recommend it it's nice and short uh the ending is fucking dope 
Uh, there's uh, this awesome sequence in there where he's he's a, he's a headhunter, so he has to cut off the head, and he has his wall full of fucking monster heads. And I nice. wish, I so wish they would have gotten more into the monster um, uh, like battles. That would be it would have been dope. But uh, you get some monster battles in here that are pretty awesome. And this one sequence where he's in this tunnel just searching for this monster. And the tunnel gets shorter and, and smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where he has to strip down his armor just to get through. And then, obviously, when you strip down your armor is when you need it the fucking most. Um, it's uh, it's really cool. It, remind me, it reminded me a little bit of... Um, of another favorite of ours, Tex, fucking uh, the 13th Warrior. Yeah, 13th uh, yeah. Warrior, Jace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it had that same vibe where uh, where Bullvi or a.k.a. Beowulf was in that tunnel um, after, um, you know, he killed Grendel, you know, mm-hmm. and he's injured and he's trying to, like, get out of there alive and shit. Yeah. It totally reminded me of man, that. Man, what a good movie 13th yeah, Warrior 13th is. Yeah, 13th Warrior, man. You know, <laughs> listen. We're gonna have Yo. an episode of Thirteenth Warrior. There's monsters in it. There's fucking like Honestly, wizards yeah. and witches and like it's you know. it's a horror action movie. It really but is. It's, it was it was a movie I watched before I understood what horror action like was, and like it's so surprisingly brutal that you, like. If you look at the cover for that, like, for I remember my dad and I rented it on, like, VHS. Like, we rented yeah. it from, like, Blockbuster. Yeah, because my dad was like, oh, it's a guy, Antonio Banderas in it. And it's, like, it's 13th Warrior. This sounds cool. It's, it's gotta be good. Antonio Banderas, you know? Yeah. And then, the 90s. You know, and it blew our minds. Like, I remember we were both like, holy shit. <laughs> Dude. Thirteenth Warrior so, was fucking great. So much more gore than you would expect, and, and it's cool. Like, like it's very yeah. cool. Um, it's the it's the story of Beowulf, but yeah, it's uh, a cool world, man. Yeah, like, it's the story of Beowulf told from the perspective of um of the Thirteenth Warrior, which was this Muslim traveler that was writing about their journeys and stuff like that. And right. it's a very cool um story because it doesn't. It's not about Antonio Banderas. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's not. It's not about the Thirteenth Warrior. It's about the story that he's reporting, and that's where like you get the camaraderie of what the Vikings and Beowulf story and the Grendel. Uh, dude. And there's so the good. scene. There's the scene where he learns their language by just watching him talk. Oh, and- dude, it's so good, <laughs> dude. And the scene where he um. He grinds down the sword to make yeah. it into like an Arabian sword. He's like, "Oh, this is my kind of sword now, man." Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh. Yeah, that movie's fucking great. We definitely have to talk about that in depth. We have to have like a watch along. <laughs> we, you know what? Like, course feed like feeds at home. If if you want to hear a commentary, I think <laughs> we might just break out one for like out of all the movies we could do a commentary for. Thirteenth you know? Warrior would be fucking great, dude. Um. But yeah, speaking of um, of some movies that kind of caught us by surprise, uh, what do you think about um, of us on this list? Do you consider that an actiony? Yes, more so than Get Out because there are like it, it's literally them fighting back against you know themselves, and you know it's so it, it's another social kind of psychological thriller, but there it is more of an action heavy kind of movie. And especially when you get to like, us? I don't. Let's talk about I us. Don't. Let's talk. Let's talk about us in terms of. It's like you know. Let's talk about us, Arturo. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> us, baby. All right. So, like, 
I I think it's overrated. Um, like uh, l- looking at it now, um, it was even when, even when I first saw it. To be honest with you, I didn't know how to feel when it was Dude, done. I, like with Get Out, I knew I was like, "Yo, Get Out was fucking dope." Yeah, like, I remember I, like exactly the same thing, Arturo. Yes. I I walked out of Get Out one hundred percent pleased. Yeah, walked out of us not liking it. Yeah, I was confused as to like, okay, uh, I don't know how to feel. I, I like. I wanted to like it and say, oh, Dude, it was a good movie. Go watch absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. But it was um You know what? At, yeah. at, at the initial viewing, it was good. It was a good movie at at initial viewing. You, but when you start breaking it down and you start really thinking about the story, like it just Yeah, it's underwhelming. I completely agree. I remember I loved it until we reached about like halfway in. When things started really happening, you know, like, like when stuff, um, so basically, I, I guess you, cause us is so recent, I don't want to like spoil it for anybody who, who hasn't seen it, but my main issue was when, um, it's, I guess when the tethered actually started making their move. Yeah. And then you, and then you found out there were other tethered more so than like just the central family. And so when, when it started expanding its world is when I lost it. Like, it's when I was like, I'm good. You know, like, Jordan Peele knows his horror imagery. Like, he's he's got that mind where I'm like, I really want to see what he does next. Like, he's still got that from me. You know, because you get that cool title sequence with the bunnies. Yeah, you get like You get, like, um, there's a shot where uh, her as a little girl, like, drops her candy apple. Yeah. And, like, in front of the, like, on the beach. And it's, it, it, there's a lot of cool shots in this movie. No, yeah. No, no, I agree. Visually, it is, uh, it's very good. It's very well done visually. But it's where, um, it's like you said, like, once, it's like lights out, right? Yeah, once you you start start explaining into it, it's where you're like, don't make me come up with questions i don't really want to ask you know what i mean yeah it, it's one of the scenes where it's like uh he i don't know if like it it's part of the messaging right like it's like you have these messages and you have these deeper things that i enjoy like the fact that like when she's snapping along to uh i got five on it it's like or yeah it's like she's kind of off rhythm Yes, yeah. I read about that, and I did see it again um, because I was looking for those little things. Yeah, um, it, and those are good little details. Those are good but, little details. I agree. And then that's the kind of stuff where, you know, if you would have just left that as it is and let us think about it uh, as a whole, like, afterwards. But then once you get the monologue and she starts explaining everything, then you get, like, the – then you get – the whole we get a flashback and then we see yeah. a reveal. And I could have you know, used less of them explaining themselves in the home, yeah. more terrorizing, less explaining. Like I'll take an explanation at the end after you terrorize as much as possible. And know? even then, like, and even the then, ex- just cut it short. You know, yeah. like, like I'm good without the explanation. Just the ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's it. It's the don't breathe problem. Yes, exactly. It, give me the ending. I'm fine with the ending. I'm cool with that. Right? But then it's just the lead up to that is just very exhausting. You yes, know? exactly. And, yeah, it's very exhausting. And um, it's... Um, That's the perfect word for it, Arturo. It's yeah, an exhausting movie. It's cool because like, it's like um, uh, a chase movie because they're being chased by yes. these people. And 
like it does belong in this list in terms of action because each of them has a counterpart, right? And then these counterparts are are sent to chase them. So now it's like a a being hunted kind of thing. Yeah, so, and it's great performances. Like yeah. uh, I forget the I forget the girl's name, the little girl, but she's great as her tethered. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I and agree. like. She's probably my favorite one out of all of them, even more so than uh, Lupita Nyong'o. And yes. mostly it's because Lupita Nyong'o's tethered starts talking. It starts, like, saying so much things. And it's like, no, just do the thing. Just yeah, like, do it. Yeah, like, don't talk, dude. Just, like, kill. Like, terrorize, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, um, that's, but I'm glad yeah. to hear you felt the same way. Like, yeah, like, after a while, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, shit, man. Because I gave it a good review because initially – like at first thought without having to kind of deep dive it it was good like i like the fact that he did um some homages to like the the um some 80s b-movie stuff like chud um right and the movie did kind of resemble chud because chud is you know uh cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers which are the tethered um Mm -hmm. because they all they eat is the bunnies and stuff like that so and they come from underneath so it, it had that cool little homage to it i wish it kind of had some more of that you know what i mean like i would have been cool with that but again it was too much you know it was too much to absorb from the emotional trauma quote-unquote that you know she suffered as a little girl and trying to figure out um you know how that trauma affected her as an adult or as a parent and then to the point where you figure out the flip-flop and and yeah he- yeah, you know what? No. That's exactly it, Arturo. When yeah. you said exhausting, and then now you say this, and now it's got me thinking, it probably doesn't work because it asks us to do too much. Yeah. You know, and it's it doesn't let us it doesn't let us figure this out. It asks us to figure this out. Yeah, and know? yeah, and I'm good off that. Especially like like how where did everyone have a counterpart? Because at the end of the movie, you see yeah. this big old like hands across America thing that uh, was just um, another question. Yeah, but, and I I think anyway. that was the implication that everyone did. But you know, it's one of those things where it's like you lose the message behind it. It's like, what are you trying to say with this, Jordan yeah. Peele? Um, yes, yes, sir. Uh, question in terms of um, what do you think of a quiet place? So I. I want to say it's along the same lines as Us, like when you said like Us is like a chase movie. Yeah. And A Quiet Place is very much like that, where it's like, you know, there's a constant presence to be afraid of. Yeah, there's a fucking monster out there. Yeah. <laughs> trying to eat you if you fucking make a sound. Um, and, and That's that, action. Yeah. That is. That is fucking one... It's, it's a good angle, dude. That's a good gimmick, uh, because... You know, if you do this, this happens. So it's cool when you have it's it, it's a simple kind of what like late nineties kind of thing. I would say, right? Where, where yeah, go get for it, go a, for it. A, a, no, no, where you get like a set consequence. Right? Yes, exactly. Um, where speed, for example, remember speed? I fucking love speed. So yeah, good, uh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Example. So if if you go under fifty miles per hour, the bus goes boom. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So with a quiet place, if you talk, monsters come eat you up. So everything is based around this. So you have this 
intense intense like suspense built like it's a, it's a thick thick atmosphere of suspense built around the whole movie especially when she's pregnant and you're like oh my god how are you gonna give fucking birth to a baby in this kind of world where you can't make any fucking noise you know right. so um it's an action movie without the explosions you know it's mm-hmm. like it's implosions if anything you know <laughs> that's perfect. perfect yeah so it's uh it it's very good. Um, good job, fucking Jim, um, and his wife Emily Blunt. The fucking what was it? The chick from Day After Tomorrow? No, not Day After yeah. Tomorrow. Um, from um, no, um, she Mary Poppins, <laughs> Mary Poppins, and um, Edge of Tomorrow. Right? Yes, yes. Edge of Tomorrow. Which also uh, they are making a sequel. Which uh, oh man, Edge of That's Tomorrow. That's an action movie, right? What year did that come out? Yes, uh, 2017, maybe, or somewhere around there. It's in this decade, for sure. Yeah, and I would say, like, 2015, 2016, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think 20, 2015 is more, sounds Dude, more like it. that's fucking great sci-fi action, like, oh, right, right there, in terms. And it's, like, also, it's also a good Tom Cruise movie. Yes. You know, where it's like, you, it, asks, uh, it asks Tom Cruise to do a lot, and he's just like, it's a movie about a guy turning into Tom he Cruise. He fucking nails it, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's a think about it. It's an action movie with a, a sci-fi, a big, big sci-fi aspect to it, and a huge time travel aspect to it, oh, and shit. it gets pulled off like yeah. very well. And like you understand what's going on throughout the Dude. whole movie, and then like it gets complicated, but they don't make it seem like it's getting complicated you yeah, know especially when they go into france and stuff yes you know? it's so easy to follow and it, it it gives you so many like types of death you know it gives you so many different tones you get the gruesome deaths you get like the one where his face is melted off by like all that hot like metal and you get like you get the goofy deaths where he like rolls under the tire you know <laughs> and then you get the action hero deaths and it's so like it's so good at just balancing everything, and I want to see what a sequel does, you know? Because yeah. a sequel will probably have more Emily Blunt in it, you know? Dude, um, she's down for it. He's down for it. Give me some more sci-fi yeah, action and time I'm travel down shit. for it. I'm yeah. down, yeah. Um, and um, I think, let's wrap this up, man. I think we're done here. There's one more movie that I think I have to add for the end of this year. Um is and that's Doctor Sleep, man. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, it is a there's a lot of action in Doctor Sleep. When you realize what again, I don't want to give it off because it's still so new. Right. But there is an aspect of of people hunting for other people. So there's a group of people trying to get to this girl and they're going by any means necessary, pretty much killing anything in their way. Um, and you have this one guy who has to save this one girl. So he gets like into it because he has nothing else to lose. And he's like, fuck, I got to save this one girl because I got this one gift that also she has, you know. So he has to step into this uh, macho kind of like 80s action like commando role where it's like okay i gotta you know come up with a plan to try and save this girl from this fucking gang of crazy soul suckers and it definitely goes in line with um with action uh i don't want to give it away but they these guys go from 
town to town, pretty much finding uh, whoever has the shining and to try and kind of steal their powers and shit. Right. So it has that aspect of, of, of thrill and action that keeps you in the movie. And that's honestly why it was so good that Mike Flanagan did a good job of, uh, of filming the action sequences and not really kind of boring you. Because if, if, if it wasn't for the action, it'd be a pretty fucking boring movie. You know, and you know? I think it says a lot that, you know, you, you're not giving much away about, like, what actually happens, but it's still, like, very much a best of the decade, getting the best of the decade stamp from Course Feed. Yeah, so, like, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely into it. Uh, yeah, horror action, man. Like, yeah, it's a lot terms, of it there, man. Yeah. You should definitely check out many of these movies that we've we've thrown out there. I and mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of them are, like, probably on streaming services and, like, or very oh, cheap. you know what, dude? Fucking Terminator Dark Fate. <laughs> Fucking, we just spoke about Terminator, you know, several yeah. episodes ago. And in terms of, if you're looking for good action, um, I definitely recommend watching Terminator Dark Fate. Um, there's a lot of nonstop action in that movie. A lot of well-done action sequences. A lot of good CGI. Because um, I know in the past, Terminator movies, uh, CGI's looked a little, like... I mean the robot, so it depends how you want the robot to look. But um, the action in this movie is pretty awesome, um, and definitely belongs on the, on this list in terms of overall nonstop popcorn eating blockbuster kind of action. So go watch Terminator. Um, it's a fun movie. Watching Matinee, don't pay full price. Don't go crazy. You know, um, if you have other means of watching movies. Also, you know, watch it on one of those. <laughs> um, uh, if um, you get bored, you know, and uh, you have like a fucking Fandango credit or something, go watch Terminator. And go watch Doctor Sleep. And Tex, um, uh, I don't know. There's not much more in terms of horror coming out the rest of the year. But uh, we're going to have a lot of good conversations as to what has been good these last several years and uh, what has been good this year as well. So uh, stay tuned for that, folks, for that uh, best of the year episode down the line. And um, uh, Tex, I think we're done here, man. Um, So why don't you guys... Go check out the feeds, Instagram, Facebook, the Twitter. I'm barely there, but I'm there sometimes. Um, uh, check out comicbook.com. Ch- check out uh, Nick Valdez's articles on comicbook.com. He has a bunch of articles on there covering wrestling, anime, comic books, um, uh, all that good entertainment under the sun. And uh, and remember, folks, a scary world out there, but uh, we're to walk you through it. Mm-hmm.